Welcome to the Clary Podcast, a division of Aaron Clary, LLC, brought to you by assholeconsulting.com. Aaron Clary, Chairman and CEO. And now, your host... Captain Capitalism himself, the world's only professional asshole, Aaron Clary. Uh, this is a combination Clary podcast and uh, asshole consulting, and I need to apologize in advance uh, today for the videos because my camera is busted up, and uh, I think the battery is dead, um, or not taking a charge rather, and so I hope I don't have to buy another camcorder. Anyway, um, let me let me double check and make sure this guy wanted to be anonymous because it's quite a lengthy request. Okay, all right. He, I'm, I'm still going to keep him somewhat anonymous. We won't mention his name. <clears throat> Hi, asshole. I'm a five foot six uh, minority guy here. I tried to mold train an early 20-something year old half-white, half-Hispanic girlfriend into what I want, but I failed. Worth keeping around and continuing molding or ditch. A little bit about my ex. I'm her first major relationship. She's 27 now, and I'm 35. She has had four sex partners before me. Okay, so you double that. Um, although, how long have you guys been together? Family kept in a mold or ditch. A little bit of my first relationship. Four sex partners. She started off as a friends with benefits five years ago. I convinced her to go to the gym. She asked early on in our relationship if I'd ever marry her. I told her when you lose 20 pounds jokingly. She almost left me after that, but took it serious. Well, that's a lot of guys don't have the courage to do that. You told her the truth, and then she did it. No, no girl likes to hear that, but I, I don't know. It's been my experience. No girl likes to hear harsh truths anyway. Men, not, not that men are all like excited about, hey, you're fat and you need to hit the gym. But I think they're a little bit more accepting of constructive criticism, even if it does hurt. Uh, but women, oh, God, no. You tell them that they're fat and they need to lose weight. They, they Sometimes they'll follow through. Uh, but but all, 100% of the time, they're not going to be happy with you right off the bat. No matter no matter if, you're, if your goal is, is noble, even like, hey, you should lose weight so you don't die. This woman changed herself going from a 21-year-old party girl. Oh, wait, I skipped ahead. She almost left me after that, but took it seriously. Boy, did she start on her quest of self-improvement. This woman changed herself going from a 21-year-old party girl with her friends into a health-conscious blood work. She had stuff done. I don't want to say where. She had some, some I don't even want to say phage. It was a plastic surgery. She, she took care of some of her health issues. Um, back in school, with renewed serious effort, hung out with much less deleted old party friends. Gave up drinking. Seriously, a go-getter and hard worker. That's great. That's great for her. Uh, I upgraded her to a long-term girlfriend. No kids. Her sexual market value slowly improved past mine. Although I believe social media artificially inflated her ego to a degree. What kept me in was she got along great with friends and family. She's the sweetest person I have ever met. Big, caring heart. And usually had a blast together. We click unbelievably well. A bit about... A, a bit of background... At breakup time, I was about a six objectively, was working out, hanging out with friends more, had a good job, ran a side business, low six figures overall. That's great. This sounds that this is wonderful. This is I I know the millennials are all 
Well, you're not a millennial, a little bit older. Um, but I like to hear success stories. Low six figures overall, we had been working, we had been together for four years, but engaged for about a year. I gave in to a marriage ultimatum about 12 months before a wedding date. I know, I know, I didn't want to lose the girl. Boy, oh boy, after she got the ring and entered the bikini competition, my life went to shit. Oh my God. She entered a bikini competition? Oh, that's, yeah, her market value went right, she's in a bikini competition, she is way above your six, dude, way above your six and your six figures. Oh, this is, uh, sex on average twice a month on that last year, rarely any blowjobs during all our time together, I was busy with work and frustrated as fuck, I was beta as I paid all the utilities, mortgage for most of the dates, covered much of the groceries, travel expenses, dog expenses, etc., we lived in my fixer-upper property. I told him my plan was for us to make passive income and retire young so he can live life on our terms. The idea was I could support her while she finished her degree. Yeah, but what's her degree in? Um, you know, if, it, if it's some, some of these liberal arts degrees, you might as well just start going and working right off the bat and avoid yourself the, the debt. Uh, she worked part-time job during school and really ramped up her workouts over the last year and a half. So much that she entered a bikini competition. I actually had no problem with it. Plus, I had total trust and confidence in her. Needless to say, we were both very busy. And we were both hardly home at the same time. I hadn't kept up my sexual market enough. Guys, look. If you want the girl to lose 20 pounds, you got to go to the gym. Got to be fair, all right? If you want her to be a hot babe, you better be a hot hunk. That's that's where it, that's the difference. I know women get in the kitchen and be hot. They're like, no, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> this is a two-way street. They would like to be sexually pleased as well. They would like to have a good piece of eye candy on their arm that they could break to their friends about. If you're going to treat a woman with X, then you also have to treat yourself X. All right? Uh, no problem with it. Meanwhile, she had gotten compliments galore on social media and gotten to the best shape of her life. Training and being exposed to the bodybuilding world of bikini women certainly boosted her ego and influenced her attitude poorly. Uh, she was glued to her phone. Looking back, I could see why hanging, why the nagging shot up, F-bomb, shit test, overall being ungrateful for my support, just an unpleasant being, a human being to be around because you weren't, you weren't hitting the gym. I signed up to see a premarital counselor whose technique was to explore our childhood up to 10 years old as he believed that would dictate our behaviors as adults. We found that she never had a strong father figure raised by her strong, vulgar, single mom instead who has less anger issues and walks all over her stepdad. God, that woman annoys the fuck on... Is this the girl you were dating or, or the, the therapist? I'm assuming the therapist. Disneyland... Real dad, who is actually cool, and she does speak with him regularly, but he lives out of state. I realized I had someone with daddy issues that could say the most biting things in anger at me about unfounded problems. Although she was largely raised by her grandma. Okay, this is your girlfriend you're talking about. Although she was largely raised by her grandmother, who was way more traditional. Yeah, but you need a dad. You need a guy around. You need women that... It's not a coincidence that most of the animal kingdom, including humans, require two sexes. Both to be present. Unless you're gorillas or lions, in which case I think they kill all the, the children that aren't theirs. Oh. Um, although she was largely raised by her grandmother, but despite the problems, she realized her anger behaviors could be worked on and things had started to go a little better. Now that we are engaged and 2.5 months from her wedding date, she became friends with a guy co-worker. Ah, here it comes! 
Here it comes. Oh, look out. Started up dressing up nicer to work. She would tell me that he bought her lunch and was always willing to assist in her job and showing her uh, PT, physical training techniques, in the office, which obviously involves touching. No kidding. I let her know that guys can't just be friends and not to be naive about this. I didn't like this guy buying her lunch and assisting with the office free therapy moves. That's a move right Hey, I'll give you some office free therapy moves. But I probably failed to assert this. She insisted nothing was going on and maintained it was purely professional. Fast forward about a month. On New Year's Eve, she wanted to do something fun where I was low on funds. What happens when you're paying for a bulk of a wedding? Oh, God, you're paying for the wedding too? How did you start off like you 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 had the balls to say, lady, you're going to lose 20 pounds. We're friends with benefits. You're all alpha early on making your money. How did you fumble the ball now? Um, and suggested something low-key at the home like dinner and a movie plus maybe a nice fire pit in the backyard. She rather... Wanted to spend the evening with her mom, grandma, and little brother instead. Anyways, always family-oriented. To go get Chinese food and hit up a movie. I didn't want to sound needy or get in the way of her family, but I did make it known it wasn't cool because it's the almost exact same shit we were going to do at home. She leaves and I hit the gym. Are you hitting the gym? Hours later, I get a rash of missed calls and texts of her asking what I'm doing. I replied, Jim. I was too annoyed to even speak with her for dissing me and didn't text her back the rest of the night. At 6 a.m. the next morning... She's not home yet. Uh-oh. I text her mother to make sure she's safe. She returns to my house at about 7 or 8 a.m. comes to bed. My mom responds saying she wasn't there and that she had left at night. I asked my ex point blank where she was all for those unaccounted hours on New Year's Eve. She says she was at Walmart Target all night and drove around the city because she was depressed and didn't have anyone to spend New Year's Eve with. What the fuck? Oh, my God. She had thought I had gone to bed early. I asked a point blank, were you with anyone, a guy? She looked at me and said no with a worried face. I didn't press further. The gut feeling was amping up. The following Friday night, I get home after a long day of work. We hadn't made any plans yet, and I just wanted to relax. I wa- you take a long way to say that someone was banging your fiancé. Walk in, and she's already dressed and dolled up, wearing an overcoat. She refuses to kiss me because I would mess up her lipstick. She basically says she's going to work, going out to work with work friends. I said, wow, so last minute, I didn't make light that I was obviously uninvited and didn't make a big deal since she never gives me crap about me going out with my buddies. She just mentions a few of her girlfriends from work are going out for drinks. Come to find out later she was wearing a black backless dress. She didn't get home until 6 a.m. the following morning. The story I got was she had to give her girlfriend a ride home and hang up, hang back to sober up. We're not even done with the story yet, guys. The next Wednesday after another 10-hour day... I get home to relax. She wasn't home, so I decide to light the backyard fire pit and maybe have a drink. She gets home from the gym and throws a tantrum that I can't believe you lit a fire. You know this house isn't sealed properly. My allergies, blah, blah, blah. She then says, I could have met someone. I could have met someone completely different. I asked her then if she wanted to get married to me. She responded that she didn't care. Mind you, she and her mother have been putting much of the wedding together. Although I had made the non-refundables on some major stuff, at this point, I couldn't control my gut instinct. I realized she had put a password on her phone recently, but I knew the code. I waited for her to jump into the shower while I looked through some recent texts. Sure enough. What do you mean, sure enough? You had to do that? X, are you going to the band thing Friday night with coworkers? Guys, I think so. Are you? Yep. Ugh, I'm so pissed off right now, girl. All cool. Wear another sexy dress. Why? I really wonder why I'm with my fiancé. He makes me so mad. Guy, I've been wondering too. Well, you're welcome to come over, but... I'll be heading to bed around 9. Then we can hit the gym at 5. I'll give you a nice big hug. 
X, oh my God, I would love that, but I just left for the gym. Guy offers always on the table. Bada bada ba, always in your corner. Would be awesome tonight, but there could be others. I'm always here for you. Hopefully, you know that. X, oh, thanks. I'm glad you're calling her your ex by now. Okay, so they, they had an exchange. They got something going on. She gets out of the shower. What are you doing with my phone? Me, you fucked up. I grabbed my wallet and left the house, checked into a hotel, and after hitting the bar, of course, blue pill thoughts such as after all I had done for her, the support and being a nice guy, who the hell does this two months before a wedding, consume me. She immediately sent me a ton of apology texts, phone calls, pictures over the years, voicemails and all, begging me to forgive her and talk to her, but I was just too angry, I was deflated, done to even talk about anything. My blue pill foundation was just hit by an earthquake. She did text me a dialogue between her and her female coworker, basically trying to set her coworker up with the guy, and that guy really liked a coworker. My ex now, that I recall, had set a future meetup with the coworkers out of the concert was to take place. The goal was to set up this guy with a female coworker. I was paying her phone bill. <laughs> So when I checked the phone and text records for her, I noticed a solid month of nearly daily texts to this guy ranging from 5 a.m. to 2 a.m. 5 a.m. to 2 a.m.? What, all the time? They're only getting three hours of sleep, no phone calls. I realized that I had been paying all the bills solid for a year. I did because, you know, you sacrifice for the ones you love. She was going to school full-time and training her bikini competition. Wait, that's, that's, that's your... 21 years old. No, no. Um... Training for a bikini. I had put my business plans on hold for her. She would also throw a fit when I told her I couldn't put her name on my health insurance plan after we were married. A nice little $200 extra a month for me. In the end, after weighing everything, it was too much. I had nothing left to offer this girl, and I had to be true to myself. My self-respect was on the line by her words that will haunt me. I could have met someone. I could have met someone completely different. Yeah, and how, how is she going to find that? I mean, you're a pretty good catch, but she's a bikini model, dude. She's having all the hottest, good-looking as guys throwing themselves. And she's too young to realize the importance of, uh, of marriage. I, I don't think she's ready for I don't. I don't know if she's, she's ready for that commitment. I, well, I, don't, I pretty much know she's not ready for that commitment. Called the wedding three days uh, later after her mom was in charge of the invitations. Was about to mail them out. We were two and a half months shy of our wedding date. I knew for a fact I didn't want to get married because now I don't trust her. I trusted my gut more. I broke it off with her and gave her three days to leave my house. She was gone in one day to her parents' home. Her mom sent me an apology text but didn't put up a fight. Well, that's good. You know, some of these some of these uh, to-be-mother-in-laws can be hell. Uh, of course, in my three-day absence was the 49 missed calls, sobbing voicemail, apologetic texts. She indicated she got cold feet, lost her way, that I wasn't being emotional or romantic enough, felt I didn't love her, and that she's hopeless, romantic, and loved the compliments from the guy. Yeah, and, and every other guy. Dude, this is the only one you know about. The wedding stresses got to her, how much she loves me and our dog. Let's work this out. Deep regrets. The rub is that I'll never know if sex took place. She says nothing sexual ever happened. Trickle truth comes out that she spent New Year's at the movie guy's house watching movies while I was at home, despite her lying to my face when I asked her whereabouts that night initially. About six months go by and we communicate again, although we did hook up once or twice. Oh, what? Jeez. When she randomly dropped by prior to six months, I had learned her mother had recommended her to see a doctor and put her on anxiety meds but she had gotten off of them on her own. Her mother is has been on meds. Oh, my God. 
And now her little brother more recently for ADHD. Sure, sure. Everybody's got something. Everybody, let's just go pop some pills. I've since spoken with the ex and found that her father had told all his side of the family what she did. We have spoken a bit. She was massively shamed by her family, coupled with the embarrassments of having to cancel vendors and trying to sell the wedding dress at a huge discount. She's been begging for me to take her back, and we have hooked up once. She wishes she could take me back. She could could take back all the bad behavior and is very sorry. She mentions the guy is a creep and hits on all the girls at the office. She is now looking to move to a different city since everything reminds her of me. She really misses me and our dog. She says she regrets everything and wishes she could take aback how she treated me and now realizes she was a bitch. Her family has shamed her for this and she's still devastated. During these six months, I truly focused more on my career and side business. Got back to the gym regularly, dated a couple women, women and traveled. I'm getting all... I want sexually from her, but she can't handle that I'm seeing other women. After a few weeks of this, she balls out crying, saying that she doesn't want to lose me again. She told me she realized that she ruined a good thing and wishes I could take her. I would take her back. I sent her to women's TRP. Oh, the red pill, the red pill, and says she's been reading up. She sees the error of her ways and recognizes that I'm a different person towards her now. It tears tears her up inside and admits it's her fault. She's on. She is full on chasing me now. Regrets having to work just hard to get by in a studio apartment with nothing to show after 27 years, but a degree in student loan debt. What happened to that money with the bikini competition? Doesn't that like? I've never been a bikini model, but I imagine you must be able to make some money on it. She is now fully supporting herself with a full-time job, degree in exercise science. Ah, <laughs> that's what. Well, come on, man. Couldn't you help her out in that regard? Could you say, hey, 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 this is BS. Here's the book Worthless. Look, guys, let's actually help out the women. All right, yeah, if you're 20 pounds overweight, let them know. But can you, I mean, really, preventing these girls from majoring and dropping $100,000 on worthless degrees, can we at least do them that favor? Uh, Exercise science. Never married, no kids, no guy friends, no tattoos, cooks, cleans, my house takes care of my dog and generally takes care of me. She openly admitted that no one compares to me and she has been true and has truly been an asset to me since she's came back to my life. Her family is telling her to move on, <clears throat> but she fiercely defends her actions and wanting to be with me. Told me she will sign a prenup, has quit antidepressants cold turkey, surrendered her Facebook and Snapchat logins without me asking. Her goal has goals have suddenly realigned to my goals. I.e. she wants to travel, hold off on kids, doesn't want a big wedding wants to support me and maintain the home 1950s styles. Just sounds too good to be true. I loved it that I could be 100% myself around her. She and I had the best complimentary quirkinesses imaginable and connected on a level like no other like no other ever experienced. We did start off as friends before dating. Not a day ever went by that we didn't text or talk except a soft next early except a soft next early on in the relationship for her attitude. The irony is that she caused me the most mental and emotional heartache, yet still possesses the best qualities in a girl of anyone I've ever dated. All I encountered out there was a wasteland of single moms, focused career women, fans 20-somethings, or divorcees. So is it worth keeping this one and keep going with the relationship? Or am I too stupid to realize I should move on? All right. When did you start dating her? When she's 21? Try to mold train an early 20-something-year-old, half-white, half-Hispanic. 
going from 21 year old. Okay, so you start dating when she's 21. She's majoring. All right, look. <clears throat> this would have been, had you been red pilled, had your father, an older brother, or whatever, grabbed you, or you just been reading Roy C., your bachelor pad economics, had you had that wisdom earlier on, you would have <clears throat> identified this girl for what she was. And you would have realized what was going on, and you would have probably kept her with friends and benefits. And so this would be more like a pat on the head, like, yeah, sure, babe, you, you could go, you got that guy at work that uh, likes to take you out and show you physically training techniques, and yeah, okay, whatever, sweetheart. And it wouldn't have been so debilitating or heart-aching. Uh, but no one's perfect, We, you know, two generations now without fathers, we, we haven't had that, and so you, you fell for it, you fell in love, and you know, you're human, nothing wrong with that, um, but uh, it, it, it just as an advice to other future boys who are listening, <clears throat> you, you don't take a 21-year-old girl who's 20 pounds overweight, then she all of a sudden works out, goes crazy mad, jumps three points ahead of your looks, enters bikini competitions, and don't think there aren't going to be a bunch of other guys who are probably higher ranked than you in sexual market value that are going to chase after it. That's just going to happen. And whereas, and you shouldn't, you should have known not to get engaged uh, to a girl still in college with student loans. There's a lot of things we could go back. You should, you shouldn't have done that. That was a mistake. Um, but none of this really forgives her for what she did. Uh, it's likely she did cheat on you. But even then, up until the later third or the last third of your email <clears throat> there was enough grounds to cancel the wedding period you guys weren't ready she was definitely not ready um she was still getting attention and she wanted to go and play the field she has student loans you were bailing her out of everything and i guarantee well you want to bet she was claiming she was a strong independent woman as you were paying for everything and she had student loans and a worthless degree All right so that you should have called off the wedding on those grounds alone. Uh, the the hanky panky almost guaranteed of which she she took at least one from this guy. <clears throat> Lord knows how many others is another reason to have canceled the wedding. Now, what you're not going to believe is the old captain doesn't believe everybody's perfect. And whereas this girl totally screwed you over and had the drama and the antics and all this other BS stuff. Uh, I still agree you guys should have canceled the wedding and you guys should not be planning to get married anytime soon now. Uh, but I do believe people can have a change of heart. I do know everybody has different backgrounds and different upbringings and, and everyone everyone sins. Nobody's perfect. And it sounds like this gal is really sorry. She's And, and the reason I could say she's really... She's changed her attitude. She's changed her behavior. Now... Another argument, not saying that you go marry this girl, but another argument that maybe you should forgive her, consider having you back in the life, is, yeah, you're damn right. The dating market sucks out there. It's horrible. <clears throat> it's so bad. I could totally understand why some guys go MGTOW. I can only totally understand why some guys say, screw it, I'm getting married, or I'm settling down. Um, it is a horrible dating market out there. Just horrible. And, you know... It, name me one person, name me one person that has it screwed up, including yourself. You ever screw up? You ever hurt a girl? Lord knows I have. Uh, 
when when you look at it from more of a practical standpoint, she was young. That doesn't mean what she did wasn't wrong. <clears throat> you guys were definitely not ready for marriage. She learned her lesson. And it sounds like, you know, no kids, no this, no that. She's supporting herself. She's finally got a real job. You've learned yourself. You're not going to bail her out anymore. You're not going to have her on your health insurance. You're not going to make the same mistakes you did before. But the almost instantaneous change in attitude when you got married, or engaged rather, I should say, when you got engaged, that's what scares me. And the previous behavior is kind of like, yeah, I don't know if marriage is, is really this right now. Um, so I think she still needs to be on probation a little bit and she's got to prove herself. You say, we're dating. It's up to you whether you want to keep dating other gals. Um, but if, you know, how many of these other gals, that's another question you got to ask. Have any of these other gals offered a, a competition? Have they been viable candidates for a committed relationship? Or are you finding out as typical it's a one in a hundred shot? And you got to go date another 99 before you find another one. You know, and that's, that's, I can't answer the question for you. All I know is there are some really good reasons and explanations as to why she was acting the way she did. That doesn't forgive her, doesn't say they're right or wrong, but it's very clear. And, going to bust your balls a little bit on this, you enabled it with your blue-collar, touchy-feel, or blue-collar, blue-pill, touchy-feely, spoiler-rotten, yes, dear, whatever you want, dear. So you got to go back to being a real man. You're not switching on the nice guy act again. Now, this doesn't mean you're a dick or a prick either. But you're not paying for everything. She's paying for her shit. She's going to have a job. She's going to pay off her own student loans. That's, that's a for sure thing. She's paying off her student loans. She's going to pay her part of the rent. Well, don't even have her move in. That's another thing. I know everyone's freaking out. But you guys could have a dating relationship that might lead somewhere else. But you got to be clear with her, like... You need to earn my trust and you're on probation for a while. And you know what? Probation might be a decade. So if you want to have kids, you want to raise a family, you probably go better find another man because it's going to be quite some time before I want to have... Now, I don't know if you guys want to have kids or not. That's another thing. And that's a big saver right there. If, like, neither of you want to have kids, it's like, yeah, okay. You don't have to really worry about it. Um, but whereas I know I'm, I'm going to be in the minority party on this one. I know most of the boys are like, oh, screw the bitch, fuck it, shit, fuck it. I'm, uh... I don't believe anyone is without sin. I don't believe anyone hasn't made a mistake. And that is how you grow and you become more mature, is, is by making mistakes. <laughs> that's, how everyone, that's how everybody learns, is through pain and misery. I don't think anyone learns through positive reinforcement. No, no one learns when there's participation trophies. I think people grow up. Because here's the thing. Right, she's made you, There was this gal. Let me tell you a story. A long time ago, this gal was an insufferable bitch uh, from California. One of, one of the two California girls that I dated. I'm like, I am never dating a girl from California ever again. Never. And I was the only guy to dump her. <laughs> she was good looking. She was one of the best looking girls. Not the best. There was a couple other girls are hotter than her. But she was one of the best looking girls. Obviously, probably a nine and thought she was that and then some, and all these guys were throwing themselves at her, and I dumped her, and by God, no one dumped her, and she did not like that. Tires got slashed. Could never prove it, but I was like, why did my tires get slashed the day after I dumped her? Um, <clears throat> she inevitably learned, and what, it, what came out, it ended up happening, 
she actually married this nice guy and they had kids. I'm like, well, that is not the woman I dated because this woman was not capable of the selflessness that's required to have kids, let alone a husband. And so I'm like, no, that gal changed. She changed. And people are like, well, she's so nice. What the fuck did you do? I'm like, no, 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 that's not the same woman. The woman I dated was an evil, disgusting human being. But then she did change, and now she, I, I think they're still married to this day. Lord knows she might even be a good mother. She might be a great wife. She's certainly better than what she was beforehand. There's no way she could have made a wife or children. There's just no way. If she was only good looking, that's all she was. What I'm saying is this person, uh, the young lady that you dated, your ex, she may have gone through such a, a horrendous thing where she got dumped, she realized she wasn't the center of the universe, and that you're actually pretty good. Now, I don't know if she's actually learned that lesson. That's why I'm saying there should be a lengthy, multi-year probationary period until you have your gut feeling like, yeah, there's no other bullshit going on. And even then, I don't know if I'd get married. I really don't know. And another thing, I well, maybe you don't want to talk to her mom. Mom put her on. Yeah, don't talk to the family. Your judgment's pretty good on this one enough. You don't need to go talk to the family. But, um, yeah, I'm sorry you had to go through all that, man. But... In, in pure impassioned or unpassionate analysis and honesty, it does sound like she changed her ways. It does sound like she, and it does sound like she's ready to be committed. Um, you know, she's 21, 22, 23, and she's a bikini model. Yeah, dude, what do you think was going to happen? Yeah, there's going to be guys. She's going to, she's going to want that 15 minutes of alpha. That's what happened. But now she's starting to realize there's more to it. Come on, remember when you were 21? What was there more than sex? What, a committed relationship? What the F is that? You were like, you wanted to spray your semen out there like a watering system. And again, doesn't excuse what she did, but I'm just trying to say like, look, that was way too early to get that serious that quickly and start getting engaged. All right? <clears throat> So I think there's a potential for the relationship, probationary period. I don't even know if marriage is a possible thing. Evaluate how many other gals have you ran into that are worth the time and go from there. Uh, but I, I might give this girl a second chance, but it's going to be a second chance with strings attached and a lot of rules, lots of rules. So um, that's it. Anyway, I do have to apologize that this is a an audio, like I said, I didn't, I didn't want to wait any much longer because I'm falling behind on asshole consulting. I had a bunch of stuff to do. So, all right, now I'm back at the home command. The Clarity Podcast is brought to you in part by AcademicComposition.com. Hey, it is. Well, I guess you guys are all off from college now, aren't you? You guys aren't going to school. You got your month off. All you freshmen going back. Oh my God, mom and dad. Like, I learned so much about, like, how we've been lied to by the corporations and Trump is literally Hitler. And, like, I'm so much smarter than you, Dad, who worked 35 years as a tradesman. You just don't understand, Dad. You're not educated, even though you put food and clothing and shelter over us. For all those, you just don't understand. Dad, you need to pay more in taxes. Do you know we all have privilege? (laughs) Come this Christmas time, like, uh, you know... One of these lippy, little little piece of crap freshmen or sophomores come in there and they start spewing their religion this Christmas. You have my permission to reach across and belt them across the face. Just sit there and shut the F up. We're going to have a nice meal with your mother. 
If I hear any of that Marxist shit coming out of your half-shaved, blue-dyed-haired, nose-pierced, ear-gauged head, I'm going to beat the frickin' crap out of you. That's, you know, just violence. Uh, anyway, academiccomposition.com. Uh, come next semester, when you have to write more leftist drivel for leftist drivel posing as your professors, uh, why, why write those worthless papers? Why waste your time when you're trying to get like a real degree? Have somebody else do your papers for you. Corporations always outsource, and corporations are really smart. My goodness. So I don't see why it's wrong for you to outsource your worthless crap that you don't want to do. Go to academiccomposition.com. Have Alex and his crackpot team of writing staff write your papers for you. And if you are looking for a job yourself, like you're a really good writer, like you yourself got a liberal arts degree, what do I do with it? Well, you can go write the same leftist slot that you were trained so well to do, and Alex will pay you. You'll actually get paid to work in your field. <laughs> uh, but he's always looking for writers. He's always looking for marketers. Neither are good jobs. Neither. They're very boring. Very boring. Um, but uh, please go, if you're looking for some money, you're looking for some money that you can earn from sitting at home, you just break open your laptop. You guys always want a location independent, a, a remote location independent job. Here you go. As long as you tell them that Alex sent you, whether you are a client or a potential employee, tell Alex that Clary sent you. We have the Cappy's Amazon affiliate program. Go to captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. If you haven't been there in a while, you might want to check it out because the Amazon banner is no more. Don't worry, I'll come back. But um, I got uh, Cindy Moran. I forgot that she sent me a cute little um, Santa outfit with her all dolled up in a cute little Santa outfit last year. I said, oh, that's Christmas cheer, so I put a, it it still goes to the same link. It still goes to the Amazon affiliate program. I'm just saying it's a lot prettier than the standard Amazon banner that I had before. Anyway, you go to captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. Look to the right. Look down a little bit. The only, okay, there's two images. There's one gal, there's another model up there. But uh, the first one you see with a little Santa hat on, click on that. That'll take you to Amazon. You don't have to register. You don't have to log in. All you do is shop. All you're doing is going to my site first, click that link, and then they know, ah, this came from Cappy's site. And so we're going to go a 6 to 7% commission or cut on whatever this person buys. You don't pay any extra. I can't explain how simple this is. I can't explain it. it, it my dad's like, well, do I have to register? I'm like, dad, just for once, just don't question me. Do what I say. Click on that damn banner and do your shopping. Well, what about this? What I just that you're complicating it. You're making it way more complicated. The technology exists now. We have the technology. We can make them faster, better, stronger. All daft punk. Go to the site, click on the banner, shop. That's it. That's all I'm asking you to do. Uh for well, it's a little late for Christmas shopping, but that you shouldn't wait till Christmas. You should do all your online shopping through Cappy's Amazon affiliate program. And that way, Cappy. Doesn't have to answer to a banking boss or any boss ever again. <clears throat> Businessbuyeradvantage.com. If you are looking to buy a business or buy a franchise or something like that because you think that would be a good idea, which it is, nothing wrong. Hey, you know old Captain, he's all for entrepreneurship. You're going to want to talk to uh, Mark. <clears throat> uh, I'm sorry. David Barnett, Businessbuyeradvantage.com. Anyway, go to his site <clears throat> um, and at minimum consult his YouTube videos. Uh, read his articles. Uh, but then he offers a bunch of different, basically consultation 
services or products. So he's got books. So if you don't want to pay him for a direct consultation, get his books. He's got classes. So if you want to get it, you know, it'll take you through methodically what should you look out for before you buy a business and you cash in your 401k or your RRSP. What I would recommend, because it's just going to be more efficient and um, it depends on what business you're looking to buy. If you're looking at buying a business, you got one. Contact David and just throw him a couple thousand bucks. I don't know what he charges. Not, maybe not a couple thousand. But even if it was, it's better to drop $2,000 on having David take a look at this company and having his, gosh, 25 years experience as a business broker. Uh, you want to set of eagle eyes on that because he'll find landmines within that company. Like, oh, yeah, look, see, he's got some outstanding receive or payables that he, he didn't disclose on the financials or whatever. And it can prevent you from going bankrupt, all right? Uh, anyway, let him know, uh, what, is, what is the reference number? He says, Cappy? Clary, you get a discount co- a code um, if you mention my name, Clary. Uh, so David Barnett over at businessbyeradvantage.com. Praxy, if you haven't downloaded the Praxy app, go ahead and download it now. You can find it on the Google Store and the iPhone Store. And that allows you to contact the captain directly over your phone if you need an immediate and emergency consultation. Just search Asshole Consulting from your Praxy app, and then you just dial up. You just hit, I think you hit a button, uh, and then you can contact me directly. It's like FaceTime, like we talk over the phone, uh, but I've found that's much better just to turn off the video and just do audio because it really depends on how good your internet connection is. Uh, but if you need to contact me, it's $2 a minute because I am a high-priced asshole. And uh, just to let you know, so like if you got a question, have it scripted. Have it be ready. Let's not dilly-dally. Although, if you want to talk and blather, I'm fine with that, too. I'm getting paid $2 a minute. It's so sad. I remember getting paid three thirty an hour at my first job back in the 80s, and now I almost make that a minute. <laughs> uh, so that's Praxy. P-R-A-X-E-Y. Uh, we have a reconnaissance man. Black man's got out of poverty. Bachelor pad economics. Worthless. Enjoy the decline. Curse of the high IQ. And Poor Richard's Retirement. These are all books of mine that you could buy online. All of them available in paperback, Kindle, and audio, except for The Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty. That's not available in audio because I am a racist. Uh, It's actually because um, I do want a black man to read it. It's just not that that popular. Um, Obviously, with only 6.75% of the population that it is designated towards, it's doing reasonably well, but I mean, when you're talking about a, a literal minority of the population, it, it doesn't have the volume to rationalize it. Uh, but I, I do want, they say, oh, why don't you have uh, Jim Fear? Nothing wrong with Jim Fear. JimFear138.blogspot.com if you are looking for all your voice recording needs. He is a pro. He's just, you know, he's got a white guy voice. I think the black man's guide out of poverty should be read by a black man's voice. Now, if there's a white guy who can pull off the black man's voice, that's cool. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, it's not available in audiobook. <clears throat> Regardless, all these books are, they got something for everybody. And I give you the 10, 10 times. What is that? 1,000%? 100 is double. It is, yeah, 10. 1,000% rate of return guarantee. Say, what, Aaron, how can you guarantee 1,000% rate of return? Because I guarantee you what token amount you got to spend on these books, the the seven ninety five, or even if you get the audio luxury version of, you know, say it's $27, I guarantee you you're going to get 10 times that amount back in savings, either through gas savings, not wasting your money on a worthless degree. So I'm at most, I think the most expensive book I got is in audio format, 
which is $27 times 10, 270 bucks. I'll, I'll stand by that. I'll stand by that. If you at that's Bachelor Pad Economics. If you buy and listen to Bachelor Pad Economics audio, I guarantee you it will save you 10 times what you spent on it. Absolutely. So you're like, oh, what do I invest in? Invest in some of Clary's books. Worthless, right there. How, there there's multiple thousands percents rates of return. If you young high school kids or freshmen who think you're going to lord your parents with Marxist indoctrinated drivel. Maybe if you buy that book and read it, maybe you'll drop it. I've been getting a couple emails uh, past two weeks. Like, hey, I was in this, and then I read your book, and I dropped out, and I did that. And I'm like, God bless you. God bless you. Now they're on the... Ooh! Uh, Jacob G- uh, Gaggle. Uh, long-time guy. He put together some music, uh, intro music, uh, for the for the podcast. I might even have it. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll introduce it in the opening. Um, so Jacob, he, he, you know, standard black guy. Hey, you got to get in the music and you got to get, you got to get a rap star. You got to be a, you got to be an NFL star. You got to, you know, get rich or die trying. And, uh, he, he went down, he had music, but then he also was smart. He's like, I think I want to become an accountant. And he got his degree. It was before he got his degree. He got an internship at Ernst and Young, I believe it was. Polished kid, polished. And he he grew he got pubes now he grew a beard so now he looks really uh, distinguished. Uh, but then he he emailed me he says hey Cap I don't check Facebook that much but just want to let you know I got my CPA. Oh my God there you fucking go there you fucking go. He ain't gonna be poor he ain't gonna he escaped he's out he's done he's he's done. I would say it's necessarily smooth sailing. There's always a little waves off there in the in the ocean of life. But it ain't going to be this maelstrom or this hurricane that you're stuck living in the ghetto. He's, he got it. He got out of the ghetto. He's doing great. Have that be you. Get worthless. Get somebody you love worthless. Get some young kid worthless. Getting them to read it's another issue. I don't know how to do that. Had a couple parents like, um, how do, how do I get my... I'm willing to pay my son $100 to read worthless. I'm like, if your son is that unincentivized, you know, you got to bribe him. To read books, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd frankly lock my kid up. Like, you're not coming out of that room until you read that book. You're going to read that book. And I'm going to interrogate you. There'll be like a like a jail cell. Slide the little door open. I'm like, okay, uh, tell me uh, what the difference between a chemical engineering degree and electrical engineering degree is. Well, spelling, close the thing back up. Read the book. And then when they read the book and prove they have done so, then you let them go free. Um, anyway, so you can get all those books online. If you have already purchased the books you don't want to buy no more, please review them online. That helps with sales. Review them honestly. Don't, oh, yeah, it's the greatest thing ever. Five stars. Uh, as opposed to I hated it. One, I prefer the previous as to the later, but do give it an honest review. Then we have other people's books. Run Guts, Pull Cones, and Pushing Rubber Downhill by Adam Piggott. Pushing Rubber Downhill is his flagship product. It is a story of a young man going from an idiot 18-year-old chasing after a girlfriend all the way from Perth. He's Australian, by the way. From Perth to Sydney. Atham, look that up. It's on the maps. Driving literally across Australia on his crappy motorcycle, a crotch rocket no less, all the way to chase after a girl, and then she wouldn't return his calls because this was in the 90s when you could do that. There was no texting. There was no that. You just, hey, it's Adam. Uh, oh, hey, hey. oh, good day, mate. 
Oh, ding-dang doogly-danglies and the ding-dang dooglies with the kangaroos and the snakes and the scorpions down here. Wondering if you would return my call. I'd much appreciate it. Click. And then he sits there. Why isn't she calling? He didn't cry. Like every young man back in those days. Like, what? Did, did she get my voicemail? Did her, did her answering machine? Yeah, again, I'm going to go back old school. Did the answering machine break? Every baby, not baby boy, every baby boomer, I guess, too. Because uh, you guys were back in the day. Every Gen Xer knows, every Gen X males, you know that thought. Did the answering machine break? Did the tape get screwed up? Why is it the girl calling me? Boy, there's a lot of malfunctioning, flawed, broken answering machines out there. Yeah, because because they would call us back, right? They were equals, right? They they would do us that simple courtesy, right? So they'd say, "Oh no, I'm just not interested." But they wouldn't have given us the number to begin with. Of course, they're interested. And then the old standard, like, "Oh yeah, come out, I'll see." You. Oh, could you imagine poor Adam? I bet you she did lead him on. Well, she did. Usually lead on means like, well, I'll drive the 10 miles to, to meet her over at the movie theater, I said. But he drove across freaking Australia. Oh, you said that we are still dating, darling. That sounds more like Cary Grant. And hello, darling. Why, yes, I just drove all the way across Australia to see you. What? You're dating another bloke? Why, that's rash dirty of you. I came all the way across on my Suzuki 1995. Almost broke down, you know. Yes, lots of kangaroos on the way, darling. <laughs> Adam's rolling his eyes right now. <laughs> anyway, get his book. That's how it starts. He sounds like Cary Grant. Imagine Cary Grant riding a dirty old crotch rocket across Australia, breaking down, chasing Africa. That's how it starts. But then he goes into health. Uh, he almost died, and and uh, I went to all the different continents. and was a whitewater rafting guy. He started a, a a bar nightclub over in the Italian Alps. More exciting life than mine. Mine's just like yeah, I, I worked a lot of nights in warehouses, and got the f out of poverty. That was basically he has a little bit more of a colorful adventure to manhood than the old captain did. Uh, so you can find his two books, Run Guts, Pull Cones, Pushing Rubber Downhill, available at Amazon.com. Also visit his site, PushingRubberDownhill.com, where he blogs and he's got a podcast. He's, he's got everything. It does it all. Uh, then we have the Rational Male, Rolo Tomasi. You guys know him. He's kind of the older brother. In some of your guys' cases, he's older than me. He's got 10 years on me about. So he's like the older brother that I never had. But he's because because he's so old, he's basically the older father. A lot of you guys, you know, he's practically dead. He's practically dead. <laughs> you can visit him at therationalmail.com. You get his latest book, uh, Positive Masculinity, uh, which is his third book. I think it's just a compendium of his of his posts. I got to do that. I got if I keep going, I'm gonna have way too many posts. I'm gonna have another 800 page book like Captain Capitalism Reserved. I don't want to do that. I want to keep them under 500. So that maybe will be coming up. Maybe that's what I can do down south. Maybe I could do that down south when I'm down in Vegas and Phoenix. Avoiding winter, which is coming here with a fierce storm. It's all 30s. Even We even almost hit 40 yesterday. So it's like, oh, this is nice. And then you look in the forecast and now it's just going to be, I think there's going to be a high of negative 1 with a low of minus 13. So I'm out there cutting wood and splitting wood. Now I got a bunch of new wood and I got to cut it up and split it. Had to mix the gas with the 40 to 1, two-cycle oil to pure gas so it works on the chainsaw. 
sharpening the chainsaw. You're like, I gotta cut these things one last time. I'm just bringing a ton of wood into the house. I'm not even gonna go outside. I'm gonna stack that wood somewhere in the house. Somewhere. Gotta find a place to put it. Just put it here, put it there. Uh, So I do not have to go outside. And it's gonna be below zero for like three days in a row. I'm not gonna go out. I'm just gonna stay in. Gotta get my coffee. I gotta go buy coffee. I'm not gonna go out to get coffee. I'm not gonna go out. I'm, I'm gonna hunker down. I better get some food too. Now that I think about it, boy, I better do a lot of things. God darn it! Just when I was catching up with everything, I thought I had it all winterized. I gotta stick around. You know, you gotta stick around for Christmas and, and New Year's for family and friends and all that. And then I split January second. Boom. Then I go south. Uh, but man, this has been—it's been an okay winter so far. But uh, lack of sun, not very happy. Old moody cappy. And then once you think, oh, I got it all set up, I got it all set up, I'm all winterized, it's ready to go. Lock up the house, set the alarm, I'm out of here. No, no, it's like, oh, well, we got, we got to stick around. Anyway. Um, Marcus Brown's book, another book niggas ain't gone read. Not niggers ain't going to. It's another book niggas ain't gone read. And if you oh my God, did you use the N-word? Yes, because I am not a pussy. I am a full-grown adult, and we can have intelligent uh, uh conversation and discourse using bad words i know you guys have been brainwashed oh my god it's the n-word the n-word the c-word oh my goodness you know what i mean (laughs) you know the bad the really really bad oh you mean nigger and cunt yes i know those words yes can we we're adults now can we talk about that or have you been so thoroughly indoctrinated to be such a spineless pussy by the k through college system and the media that you just can't say it Anyway, that's not, it's niggas ain't gone read. Written by Marcus Brown. And you're like, oh my God, he said it. Marcus is black. So there you go, have a cup of shut the fuck up. Anyway, uh, on a more serious note, for those of you in my uh, black listening audience, uh, uh, it is what I like to call the book of woke for black folk. I wrote The Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty. That is a more literal economic analysis uh, drawing from some of my... um, financial background on how I personally got a, I got out of poverty, providing more of a roadmap, like a literal roadmap. Uh, Marcus's book is uh, a little bit more, uh, not theoretical. It's instructional. It's tutorial. Don't get me wrong about that. There definitely is a roadmap there, <clears throat> but he could just, well, he, he's black. He's lived the life. I, I'm not black. I don't know what, you know, I consulted black individuals to write my book, uh, but him being black and growing up in Chicago he obviously could speak more directly. So if you're looking for something that's, I guess, more relatable, and you happen to be of the black persuasion, get Marcus's Brown book, uh, another book niggas ain't gonna read, or as I like to call it, the book awoke for black folk. Glorious Carl's book trade the ratio. This is for all of you who either want to get into precious metals trading, or investing rather, I should say. And then for those of you who are already invested in precious metals, but would like to trade them in and out of gold and silver, thus trade the ratio uh, the first half is basically an introductory book as to why you should invest in precious metals, their merits, and, and why you might want to look into that. But then the second half is a trading formula or strategy uh, where, okay, if gold to silver ratio is this, then you buy gold. But if gold to silver ratio is that, then you sell gold, and then you get into silver. So that would be for those of you a little bit <clears throat> more advanced. Now listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? I didn't really believe this one until I started researching. You hear it and you're like, ah, I, I want to double check. Uh, it's true. 
And this is in the United Kingdom. I don't want to visit you. I don't ever want this. You guys are so cucked. The United Cuckdom. That's what you guys are. You are the epitome of cuck. And I know you conservative Brits out there. I know you tradition. You know, you guys, I know you fought it. But uh, a higher percentage of you popular. You're You're done. Stick a fork in the United Kingdom. You guys are done. And if any of you happen to be in the United Kingdom and you're not some socialist, social justice warrior, welcome all the refugees, screw British culture, and you want to like have a little bit of self-righteousness and respect, <laughs> move over to the United States where we're not going to collapse in the next 30 years. Uh, gender stereotyping in the United Kingdom adverts, advertisements to be banned next year. A new rule will be introduced in the United Kingdom advertising codes following a review of gender stereotyping by the Advertising Standards Authority. Talk, hey, Orwellian, huh? Does that sound Orwellian? You have Advertising Standards Authority? I think like, oh, yeah, genitalia is not going to be shown on TV for little kids' toys. Um, No cursing and swearing, I'll go along with that. No, you're not going to believe what they're banning which found more needed to be done to tackle advertisements featuring stereotypical gender roles and characteristics. Because why would you tailor your advertising to the genders or the the traits individuals have? Why would you do that? I love how they they promote diversity. Oh, we're all about diversity, but you all got to be the same. And and gender is a construct. It's a social construct. Race is a social construct. What are we supposed to be? Just bland, gray blobs of grayness and boringness? And so, if, if you think about advertising, it is stereotypical. It is niche. You're supposed to go for a particular group of people. It's all about being uh, a stereotypical. Hey, do you want to sell Jordan Airs? Well, then maybe you should have a black basketball athlete... Wear them and sponsor them. Do you want to sell pastel-colored button-up shirts to golfers? Well, then maybe you ought to put slightly overweight middle-aged white guys in those things. Do you want to advertise video games? Well, maybe you should assume that the majority of video game-playing people are men under 25, and they're just kind of having a good old time, and they're playing, and it's dark, and they're having a grand old time. No, no, we can't do that. We can't, we can't specialize. We can't tailor. And so we're going to just have bland, boring crap now for advertising in the United Kingdom. The ASA review published last summer provided evidence. Oh, <clears throat> did you provide evidence? Provided evidence for tougher regulations of advertisements with stereotypical gender roles or characteristics which can be harmful to people. The review included ones mocking people for not conforming to gender stereotypes. Were they mocking? Were they mocking? Really? Oh, there's a woman cooking a a, a pie. How is that mocking? Women tend to like to cook more. Or or, now, how much you want to bet they're not going to go after the men? Because you're going to see where this is going. All I want, all I want you guys to ask is, well, are they going to have the same rules for men? Are you gonna are you gonna discriminate a guy who's like working on a construction site? Say, oh, hey, that's gender stereotypical. You know all that hard labor that the men do. That's stereotypical. Oh no, women are just as much coal miners as men. Uh, an advertisement for Atama 
Aptamil baby formula showing a baby girl growing up to become a ballerina while boys became mathematicians and mountaineers attracted criticisms from gender campaigners. Yeah, well, screw the gender campaigners. They make less than 1% of the population. However, the new rule will not ban all forms of gender stereotypes. Oh, thank heavens. Just for now, we're going to start with small. We're going to start a little bit, just with some. But don't worry. Soon it'll be total and complete. For example, the evidence falls short of calling for a ban on advertisements depicting a woman cleaning or a man doing do-it-yourself tasks. For now! But it suggests certain types of depictions are likely to be problematic. For example, an advertisement showing family members creating a mess while a woman has a sole responsibility for cleaning it up. All right, stop right here. That is so gray, and there's so there's not a definitive line. And now it's good. And this is where the ASA and these Nazis, these fucking tyrants, get their power. They can arbitrarily just say, "Well, that's oh, well, we don't like that." Oh, we do like that. There's no clear rule. And you can't put a clear rule on this. Well, some stereotyping is all right, but others are not all right. And we will decide what that is. And there will be penalties. Just laying down landmines. Hey, yeah, yeah, go walk in that field. Go walk. Hey, if you step on a landmine, we'll let you know. Or one where a man is trying and failing to undertake simple parental or household tasks because of stereotypes associated with male gender. Go ahead and do it. Men just won't buy your shit. I mean, you, you just can't let the free market be, can you? You busybody nobodies, you fucking do-gooders who have nothing good to do and nothing better to do. You don't want to have a real job. You just want to sit there on top of your made-up thrones and bark orders and then punish people so that you have a job, so you feel good. So you have your little crusaderist masturbation giving you false uh, faux meaning and purpose in life. I'll I'll point it out again. I know most people listening are not leftists here, but to you leftists out there, uh, or, or maybe just you people who are not political, you do understand this is coming from the left. You, this is not right wing. This does not come from the right side of the political spectrum. This is totally owned like safe spaces and being triggered and post-traumatic stress because of some normal thing that happened in your life. Uh, all that weirdness, 38 flavors of gender, which last I checked was up to 63, It's like Bitcoin. It keeps growing exponentially. Uh, That's from the left. And for what moderates or apolitical people that are tuning in for shits and giggles, please realize that this, too, is coming from the left. This This Orwellian nightmare is coming from the left. Uh, Ella Simley. From the committees of advertising practice, the body which writes the advertising codes. Oh, let's look this gal up. Let's look her up. How much you want to bet she doesn't have a real job? How much you want to bet she went straight from academia to government? All right, we got him. Well, we got one from Oregon. There's a Ella Smiley. Um... Yeah, there's an American. This is the one. Here we go. UK LinkedIn. Do I have to look? Ah, I have to log in again. They're going to make me log in. Let's look up this gal's profile. Just to show you, Aaron, are you saying that you have the science and mathematical formula to predict whether someone's a tyrant or not? Yes, I do. 
<clears throat> Regulatory Policy Executive at Committees of Advertising Practice, King's College London. Regulatory Policy Executive from 2007, Media and Advertising Manager, the voice of British advertisers. All right. Well, she does have some private sector experience. King's College, 1996 to 2000, BA in French and German. <laughs> So what, 2000, it makes her, ah, she's like late 30s. A late 30-something-year-old woman's going to tell you guys what you can and cannot advertise. I got to write some more. Uh, LinkedIn articles. There's just no time. No time. Ella Smiley from the Committees of Advertising Practice, the body which writes that the advertising code says some gender stereotypes in ads can contribute to harm for adults and children by limiting how people see themselves. How highly you must think of advertising. That people, like I watch some dope of a man who like can't do the dishes because I'm just the Homer Simpson type of dad that everyone, I don't believe that. And and here you guys think that people actually pay attention to advertisers. And even if they did, that like somehow it's now the government's responsibility if people let advertisements affect them. <clears throat> Some gender stereotypes in ads could contribute to harm for adults and children by limiting how people see themselves, how others see them, and potentially restricting the life decisions they take. Well, I guess tough shit for them, huh? I guess, I guess if you're that weak-minded, you're not going to succeed anyway. But let me guess, Ella, it's the government's responsibility to come in there and start barking up a bunch of laws and orders, start jailing people, start fining people, and to slow down the advertisement, not to mention make advertising incredibly bland and boring for the rest of us. Look, just, just be Soviet Russia. Have one type of toothpaste, have one type of toilet paper, have one type of paper, have one type of car, and then we don't have to deal with advertising. There won't be any color. There won't be any true diversity. There won't be any creativity. There'll be no innovation. There'll be no humor. We'll all just be a bunch of fucking miserable Soviet Union type of people listening to Tchaikovsky. And even he's too freaking happy. Who's the other guy I'm listening to? <coughs> oh, some sad... Let's just... And we can all work in the coal mines. But women will work in the coal mines too because we don't want to depict that that would be predominantly a male endeavor. The introduction, oh, the introduction of new advertising rules from 2018 will help advertisers to know where to draw the line on the use of acceptable and unacceptable stereotypes. You guys are regulating stereo. Fuck you, UK. Just fuck you. We'll set out our proposed new standards in spring of 2018 and openly consult on them. Oh, will you? Thank you. Thank you, Uber Fuer. Guy Parker, chief executive at Advertising Standards Authority, said, while some advertisers have updated their outlook, the industry still needs to change. Who the fuck are you, Guy Parker? Let's go with this faggot. I guess not an engineer. Uh, Advertising Standards Authority. I wonder if he's got a little funny mustache. 
Advertising standards, UK. Guy Parker. Senior management. Guy Parker. Oh, soy boy. <laughs> he ain't meeting nobody in no dark alleys. Yeah, let me see who you are, Guy Parker. Guy became chief. Ex- he looks like a girl with a short haircut and thick. They got the thick glasses because, you know, they're all so smart. Guy became chief executive of the Advertising Standards Authority, the UK regulators of ads and all media in 2009. He's responsible for executing the ASA's strategy to make ads responsible, including through the development of regulatory policy, the provision of cap advice and training, the investigation of complaints, proactive project work, enforcement enforcement activity. Holy cow. Do they have an armed division like the U.S. Postal Service? If you didn't know, the United States Postal Service does have an armed division. Which I actually understand because a lot of criminals use the <clears throat> U.S. Postal Service mail drugs, things like that. Ran into a ton of that when I was in banking. Not drugs, but you'd be amazed what people use the mail for. And the systems, communications, marketing, public affairs, and research activities. 2013 and 2016, the European Advertising Standards Alliance. Oh, well, we're going to just roll it out. Thank God Brexit happened. The single authoritative voice, key on authority. On advertising self-regulation comprising national advertising self-regulatory organizations and organizations representing the advertising and media industries in Europe and beyond. He remains a boarding executive manager. Yeah, but what does he do? What What's his background? Guy Parker. Guy Parker, here he is. I got to log into LinkedIn again. God dang it. Oh, yeah, guys, you got to look at this. Soy boy up the yin-yang. Uh, what the hell? Uh, that's what it was. No LinkedIn. I don't want to provide you any more information. <clears throat> and now you take me to, right to my page. I didn't ask for this page. God damn you, LinkedIn! All you nerds! All you nerds! Yes, I want to view his profile. Take me to his profile, not my profile. Here we go. University of Kent Canterbury, politics and international relations. See, because at the age of 18, he knew exactly what you were going to do. He's so smart, he's going to tell you what to do. Uh, Wellington College, Berkshire, mathematics, economics, and politics. So he had no intention of working a real job. Oh, that's it? That's all that's on his, uh... So I got a big gap from 1992 to 2009. Why don't I have his work uh, work thing listed here? I guess, why does he have to list his resume? You know, he's got, a, he's got a job for life in government. What does he care? But notice again, not a real man. Not an engineer, not an accountant. Standard pussy. Standard liberal arts pussy. All right, I'm not going to look up any more people on LinkedIn. I'm just pointing out... <clears throat> The the tyrants come from the left. Again, to my apolitical, undecided, centrist audience, the tyrants come from the left. The Republicans and the conservatives and the Tories, all, all the non-left, we just want you to leave me alone. Lower my taxes, get out of my face. Everyone who wants to get up your ass and in your business and up your shit are from the left. I'm going to put this up on YouTube. Um, 
just because these people need to be exposed. I, I mean, it's it's too late for the United Kingdom, but they be they they need to be used as as a learning example for what few people want to not be taken over by this slow, monolithic, unconscious blob of socialism and tyranny. Although companies have responded positively and constructively to our report with welcome examples of voluntary action, there's more to do. There will always be more to do because once you run out of stuff to do, then that means you guys have to go into the private sector and actually work real jobs. And we know that you guys value your laziness more than all of society. You don't care if there's an optimal level of regulation or law. You just need to keep on making more and more laws because if it all of a sudden like, hey, we took care of the problem. Let's go. You know, World War II, we went in there. We defeated Hitler. We defeated uh, <clears throat> Japan and Mussolini. We all went in there. You were part of that war too, by the way, guy. Uh, your grandfather or whoever was, somebody who actually had a penis was. Uh, we went in. We won. You know what we did? We said, we're done here. We're going home. You guys can't do that. You can't because it's never been about some objective goal. It's about you guys having lifelong careers, lifelong ego masturbation, and avoiding a real job. That's why you guys major in politics. That's why you guys major in these wimpy, limpy, dicky, crap degrees. And then you go and you start barking orders thinking that you somehow have authority over us. And the only reason you have authority is because some idiot UK voters voted in some fucking politician moron to anoint you guys authority over speech. And that's what this is. More and more I look at foreign countries like Canada and the United Kingdom. More and more I'm so happy we got the freedom of speech in the United States. I'm glad that's number one. I'm so glad that's number one. And I'm glad we actually, even sometimes on the left, they'll defend it. Sometimes. <clears throat> now, in academia, though, well, you see, we're, we're not for the freedom of speech. We're, we're against hate speech. You can, you can only say things we like. Oh, you can say whatever you want as long as we like it. These slime, these cowardly slime sneaking in there. Well, you see, it's for the benefit of the people and the children. Mr. Parker added, oh, really? You're going to add more? You're not just going to say, well, I think we've done enough here. Let me go, uh, you know, I always, always want to raise wiener dogs. I always want to raise dachshunds. He's not going away, people. He's not. He's always going to be there. We are determined to make sure our regulation calls out harmful and outdated practices and a new rule in the advertising codes, codes will help tackle the harmful gender stereotypes identified in our review of the evidence. I guess, it. look, not only are these advertising codes gray, a perpetually moving goalpost. Guy himself is confused sexually as to who he is. <clears throat> he doesn't know what a guy, girl, stare at him. He's just as confused as the rules and regulations are, I bet. Let's see the comments. Let's see if anyone... Yeah, 1980. Okay, at least the comments section is figuring it out. I understand long-term all. Yeah. Yeah, okay, at least, okay, the comment section, I hope the comment section is is uh, any indication that you people realize what a Nazi motherfucker these group of assholes are. Oh, thank God we fought a revolutionary war. Oh, thank God. All right, uh, let's do some more sponsors. Let me get some sponsors here. Where'd my sponsor? Let's go. kind of want more coffee. You know what? Oh, hang on. Let me. Yeah, we'll do the sponsors here. All right. Poor Richard's retirement. <clears throat> that is uh, 
My latest book out, it's an essay really. It's cheap, it's short read, but it's an absolute must and vital. For all of you out there who have not saved up enough for retirement, that means all of you. In my research and, uh, and studying for this, this essay, report really, uh, I found out only, only really 15% of the baby boomers have enough saved up for retirement. That's it. So this is like 93% of the population. I understand if you're a millennial or a Gen uh, Zer, uh, you're just fresh out of college, you got students like that. Don't worry about it for now. It'll still be a good book for you to get. Uh, but if you don't have enough saved up for retirement, get this book. Right? It should be a number one bestseller, but it isn't because it tells people the truth, and we don't want to hear the truth. But there is some salvation and some good news in that book. So please go get that Poor Richard's Retirement available in paperback, Kindle, and audio on Amazon.com. Uh, if you'd like to advertise on the podcast, you may. $50 a month. We get about 3,000 li- listeners weekly. That kind of ebbs and flows depending on if I do like two um, podcasts. But I, I'm, I'm estimating I got about 3,000 unique listeners weekly. Uh, just contact me over at my blog, captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. Look for the profile. You'll find my email contact information there. Elkincpa.com if you're looking for an accountant this year. Hey, look, tax season's coming up already. And you do not file extensions. Assuming you are one of the clients that actually has their shit together and you're not filing extensions, go to elkincpa.com. Contact Chad. Let him know that the captain sent you. He is the uh, red pill resident CPA. Conservativebrew.com, if you're looking to order coffee that tastes better than Black Rifle Coffee and the money does not go to leftist causes, which is pretty much every other coffee out there, go to conservativebrew.com. It tastes better than Black Rifle Coffee, and they'll put you, they'll mail it to you in the mail. Uh, then we have the League of Extraordinary Podcasters, 405media.com, financialsurvivalnetwork.com. Conto Talk with Silvio Conto. You can find him on Blog Talk Radio. O'Shea Jackson, uh, our brother out in Poland who's from Sacramento, California, getting his doctorate, becoming a medical doctor. And you're like, why is a black guy from Sacramento, California, in Poland, going to become a doctor? Well, you just have to tune into O'Shea Jackson's channel on YouTube now, won't you? BlowMeUpTom.com. Tom Likas' show. Great place to advertise. Also a great place for you young boys to start out listening. Uh, BlackBrigade.org. Good friend DT has his weekly podcast. Jim Fear at 138.blogspot.com. He has a podcast and he is also the guy who I have do all my audio books. He's cheap, he's affordable, more importantly, he is fast and he is professional. Entrepreneurs in Cars, Rich Cooper. That's his site over on YouTube. If He's a Canadian, he's in a car, he specializes. And dude, the dude's like a man's man. He's, he's ripped, he's all into working out and health. And you can see he's just completely jacked. He's not goofing around. Uh, I do work out, but nowhere near as much as him. Um, I got way too much crap going on. I got way too much. Not that he's not busy either. He's just better at it than me. Uh, Michael Kingswood's podcast. You could go to podcast.michaelkingswood.com slash RSS, where Michael reads some... Uh, it's more literature. If you're uh, more into literature and you want to read, he's an author. He's a prolific writer. He writes a lot of books, uh, typically in the realm of science fiction. And as I've said before, he is the world's only non-communist science fiction writer. So if you're sick and tired of the Star Trek, everything's just free, we got rid of money in the 2100s. Yeah, okay, when you're done with that BS, uh, and you want to read something that's a little bit more based, uh, look up Michael Kingswood. He has a bunch of books out there. The Glimmervale Chronicles, most among them. Uh, we have uh, Dr. Paradin. 
he runs a website, our website podcast called The Safety Doc. He's all things safety. I know that sounds boring for most of my listening audience, except for those of you with kids. So if you like to make sure your kid isn't like, oh, I don't know, kidnapped, killed, dead, not to mention yourself or your spouse or your family or something like that, check out the safety doc. Uh, that'd be more for you, uh, not adults, you uh, parents. Uh, we have my two classes, the analysis, evaluation of stocks and stocks, bonds, investing, oh my. You can find those classes online. They're offered at hundreds of different places online. Just search the title, the analysis, evaluation of stocks, stocks, bonds, investing, oh my. The first one is an advanced class on how to analyze and value stocks. The second one is a more introductory course to the world of investing, retirement planning, and so forth. We got my Betterment <clears throat> affiliate program. It's just like my Amazon affiliate program. You go to my site, captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. Look to the right, scroll down. It's a blue banner. It says Betterment. Click on that. That takes you to Betterment's site. If you end up deciding that you want to get an account, uh, I get a commission on whether you fund it or not. What is Betterment? Betterment is what this thing's called robo-advisors, where instead of investing in mutual funds where there's managers and they're trying to beat the index, they say, screw it, we're not going to try and beat the index. We're going to invest in the index. That beats 85% of the investment professionals. That keeps your managerial costs, your fees that they charge you very low. And they also get rid of financial advisors. It's an algorithm. It's software. So you set up an account. uh, You fill out all these questions. You answer all these questions about you, yourself, your finances. And then it comes up with a portfolio of different indexed funds that you should invest in to match and tailor towards your uh, retirement date and your life expectancy and all these other variables they're accounting for. And basically, that's all the financial advisor ever did was enter in that data anyway into their own personal financial analysis software. So they got rid of the guy, and now you just enter it online. So your, your managerial expenses are very, very low through these robo-advisors. You don't even have to go through Betterment. I mean, there's others out there. I, mean, just, I like the idea of robo-advisors in general. It's just Betterment had a very efficient and streamlined um, affiliate program. Uh, we have my two books, Captain Capitalism, Top Shelf, and Reserved. Go ahead and find those online. And then if you're looking to buy gold or silver, precious metals in general, contact my friend Mike, 763-657-7843. MN Gold Buyer, Minnesota Gold Buyer. You go mngoldbuyer.com. But call him, Mike. Call him Mike, too. 763-657-7843. Let him know that the old captain sent you. Now listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? Article a little bit closer to here in the Twin Cities. Because uh, I've been there. Uh, I used to go there quite regularly when I was in, well, not college really. I'd go there more like in my 20s. Uh, from Minneapolis Star and Sickle. Minneapolis's biker-friendly rock bar, Whiskey Junction, to close by year-end. This thing has been there, I don't know, as long as I have. And then some. Uh, this is like the staple. There's a group of bars <clears throat> nestled within... Not really downtown, but if you ever hear of the Cedar Riverside uh, area, usually because they're citing Somali stuff, uh, it's kind of the, not really, but somewhat the Somali neighborhood. It's kind of an interesting, there's like Augsburg College, the U of M West Bank campus, downtown goes right abut it, and then there's just this basically, well, they call it ghettos in the sky, that's where I used to live, Riverside Plaza. And then there's these group of bars, the caboose, the joint, I forgot the other one. And hard, hard to really describe it or pin it down because there's all there's – all, you want to talk about real diversity, go there. It's, it's an interesting area uh, in the Twin Cities. 
Not worth visiting the Twin Cities for, by the way. But this thing has been a staple. It's been there forever. Another mainstay of the West Bank music scene in Minneapolis, Whiskey Junction, will close by the end of the year. And this time, there's blame going around. The owners of the blue-collar, biker-friendly rock and blues uh, hub, which neighbors the Caboose at 901 Cedar Avenue, say Minneapolis's newly passed $15 minimum wage ordinance is driving them out of business as it does not include tip credit for service staffers such as bartenders and waiters. Whiskey Junction was among the many bars and restaurants who operators pushed the Minneapolis City Council for such an allowance to no avail. Well, guess what's going to happen now? I wonder where leftist liberal arts majoring recent college graduates can find employment. What can they find employment as? They're not, they don't have any real tangible skills. They can't program. They can't weld. Oh, I know, they can, they can Uber, oh, but they need a good car for that. A lot of them can't afford it because their parents aren't rich. Some, some of their parents are rich, so those kids are taken care of. They just move back to the suburbs. What is a truly poor, now indebted, recent liberal arts graduates from Augsburg, University of Minnesota, St. Thomas, heaven help you if you went to St. Kate's or uh, Hamlin, what can they do for employment? Oh, wait, they can wait tables. Oh, wait, no, they can't. Oh, no, they can't. They voted that out. Oh, they can't. Oh, they're driving away all the... Oh, okay, never mind. All right, I guess it's just Uber for everybody. Uber, Uber, Alice. Never mind, you guys won't... Remember Byte? You guys remember Byte? It's Byte, B-Y-T-E, huh? It's a geek gastro pub with American Eats. Huh, you get it? Remember them? The, 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 the Star Tribune could not wait to line up, not just the Star Tribune, but every Minneapolis and St. Paul Twin Cities publication could not line up to suck the cock of these two guys who were going to start this, this company, this restaurant called Bite. And the thing that they were going to do, it wasn't, the selling point wasn't their clever name, by the way. The selling point was that they were going to pay their employees a minimum, a livable wage and give them vacation, and they're going to pay for health care. And, and, and they were going to, and oh my God, the singing and the praises, and Orchestra Hall came out, and they, they, they sang, a, a, they created an entire album singing the praises, a 12-track album singing the praises of Bite. And then 10 months later, they fold because they went bankrupt. They, they weren't making money. And then there's like a little blurb, little blurb in this Minneapolis-St. Paul Business Journal. Oh, Bite's closing now. Oh, really? And now this is how... Oh. It, it's got to pain people at the Star Tribune to write these articles. What's this? Uh, what's the person's name? Chris Schneider. Did it hurt to write this? Did it go against everything in, in, in your journalism class that you were emotionally taught? It's got to suck, doesn't it, that they're closing businesses? Oh, wait. Wait, maybe you're of the type that there should be no businesses. They'll all find jobs. Don't worry about it. We just hope the economy turns around. I remember when that was that was everybody's business model like 10 years ago, 10 to 7 years ago. Well, and hopefully the economy will turn around. Like, that's no. No, we're not lending on that. We are not financing your stupid project based on we hope the economy turns around. Uh, after recent changes in the Minneapolis ordinances regarding minimum wages and primarily the lack of tip credit provision, we feel now is the time to get out of the bar business. Owners Tom O'Shea and Elizabeth Little Obregon 
wrote in a Facebook post announcing the toughest decision to close. We fought for a voice to explain how minimum wage without tip credit would be detrimental to the small bar and restaurant owners of Minneapolis, but we were not listened to. Therefore, it's on to the next adventure. Yes, but you're not going to be listened to by the Minneapolis City Council. At that time was Betsy Hodges and then whoever else was up. But I guarantee you, we don't even have to look this up, ladies and gentlemen. I guarantee you, if you go to the Minneapolis' website, I don't know if the new mayor has taken over yet. We had an election. I don't know when. I think yeah, probably after, probably 2018 is when they're inaugurated. If you go there now, you're going to still see the people responsible for this minimum wage uh, tax increase. <clears throat> and not one, not one of the city council members has ever worked a real job, has ever ran a business, or ever majored in a real subject. Not one of them. They have always relied on government handouts, government money, grants, or charitable donations. They have never had to work or run an entity that had to be economically efficient, which means it generated more resources than it consumed. They are they are perpetual economic and mathematical parasites, and they simply do not understand how real businesses work. They don't. And that's why it fell on deaf ears. And this is why I'm telling all you young aspiring or even old aspiring, <clears throat> any aspiring entrepreneurs, uh, investors, capitalists, or even you're a leftist and you want to open up a coffee shop, you don't invest in large metropolitan areas. Unless there happens to be a large metropolitan area that is not a leftist shithole that I'm unaware of. But every major city you don't invest in. You don't invest in Detroit. You don't invest in Seattle. You don't invest in Minneapolis. You don't invest in Chicago. You don't invest in Dallas. Even who dang diggly Dallas? Yeah, no. Da, 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 da. No, there are not Republicans there. Houston? No. You don't invest in Houston. I think it was a lesbian mayor they had the last time. Nothing wrong with that, but she voted leftist as always. You don't invest in Phoenix. You don't invest in LA. You don't invest in San Francisco. You don't invest in San Jose. You don't invest in Miami. You don't invest in New York. You don't invest anywhere in New Jersey, the entire state. For you just don't invest in New Jersey. <clears throat> and you don't invest in a... I'm trying to think of another large city. You don't invest in Nashville. You invest in the burbs. You invest outside the county area because the counties still get you. That's another layer of government they get you. You invest where people are not going to screw you over and view you as an asset of the city. You, you go where you are not viewed as being owned by the city because they have a very communistic view of everything in their domain. Everything. i point it out again to give you an example. This, could, this is apolitical. If you leftists can listen, I know you left. There's some of you entrepreneurial leftists who want to go and start businesses or you want to buy rental property or you want to do something to like make a little bit of scratch. All right, I'm trying to help you. So if you, if you could set aside politics and let's just look at things that happened. We'll go back to Minneapolis. Minneapolis passed it that not only do they keep jacking up property taxes, by the way, indicating you don't own your own property, you merely rent it from the city. They all of a sudden passed a law this year where you cannot reject, okay, you can reject Section 8 applications, but you can't refuse Section 8 applications. 
Like in the olden days, said, you accept Section 8. No, we don't. And then they go on and find some other schmuck to destroy their property with. But now you have to say, yes, we accept. Well, you can't say no. Yeah, everybody does now. All landlords accept uh, uh, Section 8 applications. Now they can reject you on uh, uh, you know, financial grounds or whatever else. But imagine that. Now, now, do you really own your property if you cannot determine who you take as tenants? And you say, well, we could still do background checks. I still have some control. Yeah, but you have less control than you did now. now then you throw in the in- inspectors and the regulations. Oh, forget it. Forget it. You don't own your property. At best, at best in the Twin Cities, whether it's your business, whether it's your property, rental or not, any kind of venture, any kind of asset you own is a joint venture between you and the city of Minneapolis and those fucking incompetent, not one day of experience, leftist communist fucktards called the city council and the mayor. They, they're like the mafia, they, but they're, they're spineless and they use the police to do, their, to do their dirty work, to force you to give them their take. And what do you get in return? I'd like to think in the olden days, you know, it wasn't fair. Well, I got to pay taxes if I want to use it. We get roads, plowing, police, cops. No, you get bike paths. And you get, you get initiatives on global warming. And you get more bike paths. Meanwhile, everyone's getting shot in North Minneapolis and no one's really improving. Oh, but we got the Super Bowl. Yay. You do not invest in large liberal cities. Period. End of discussion. You don't. You go to those boring-ass suburbs where there's no crime, more importantly, no taxes. They welcome your business. They're not going to put a local income tax in these regulations. Well, you get it. I mean, even here's another one. St. Paul did this. We got the Super Bowl coming here. Uh, And so obviously a lot of people want to Airbnb out their houses. Well, all of a sudden, some, some little mosquito with its, with its sticky thing called a Democrat liberal prof- a politician comes in and says, we need to regulate this. You need to get licenses before you Airbnb. Is it? Who the fuck are you? This is a private agreement between me and another individual as to whether they want to write my, uh, rent my house. Well, you see, we have to make sure you're doing it. And they came in there. They came in there with the weakest, most snively little cowardly just just scum, slimy little spineless, typical soy boy scum. Well, see, we have to make sure you're doing it right because we have to have regulations. And so we're going to take a tax to afford these. You just want your cut. You're like, you're like the pussy mafia. You dare don't, you dare don't like actually go do it. You got to hide behind some noble cause. Like, oh, the children, oh, the poor, oh, minorities. But you don't own your property. The people of large liberal towns vote for a more commune-like, almost communistic-like approach to people's property and ownership in large liberal cities. And they want to have a say in what you get to rent it out for, what you get to do with your property, what you can sell your property for sometimes, what you can use it for, who you can use it with. No. What you got to pay your employees? No, no. And it's good. It's good to see that people are getting out of the twin. And it is. It is happening. I'm not saying it because I want it to happen to prove, aha, my political ideology is correct. No, it is happening. Like, bike closed down. I know that's just anecdotal. Uh, but now this, and if you go to Minneapolis, oh, it's crap. I, again, in the 90s, it was cool. It was bustling. Now you go downtown, there's nothing going on. There's like, 
what not Washington Avenue. Yeah, Washington Avenue. Washington Avenue's got a little bit going on. Um there's what the Henning the Hewing, the Hewing Hotel, that's that's kinda got a little bit of stuff going on by the Monte Carlo and that. But downtown, nah. It's dead. Nicollet, Nicollet Mall, that was like the main drag where all the stores were. That's all gone. Now, a lot of that also has to do with people shopping uh, online. Uh, but like all the, the stores down below closed down because Betsy Hodges took so long to redo Nicollet, I, uh, Nicollet Mall. So you couldn't drive. Well, you could never drive there, but you couldn't walk there. <laughs> and and that, what? Barnes & Noble is gone. A couple bars are gone. Macy's is gone. Saks Fifth Avenue is gone. All the there's like this was like the uh, I don't know we call it the Rodeo Drive. It was the main shopping district in downtown Minneapolis. It's all gone. All gone. Done. Done. So it capital flight is occurring. Incompetent leftist fucks who never worked a real job in their lives, never ran a business in their lives. They have driven business away with their parasitic and entitled "we own that too" attitude. You didn't build that. For the folks. And now the latest edition is this. When was it around? We'll probably get through it in the arc. This thing has been there forever and now it's gone. It's like Nate Clothing. Nate Clothing also went down. That's where I got a couple of my suits. It was there since the 1920s, I believe. Uh... O'Shea's and Obergon's worry about the effects of the city's minimum wage law may have been a bit on the early side, however. Oh, really? Are you are you opining here, sir? Are, uh, really? You're going to tell them it's a little bit on the early side to, like, hop out of the frying pan as a frog? Small businesses such as theirs won't have to pay the full $15 wage to employees until 2024, with the first bump to a $10.25 minimum wage starting next July 1st. Yeah, but maybe they don't want to pay. Maybe that's what they don't want to pay that. O'Shea and Obregon have owned the venue since 2006. Throughout the past decade, they have hosted live music on almost a nightly basis. The Belfast Cowboys and the Voices, Nicholas David, were regulars in the time. In recent months, rootsy Americana-flavored acts such as Lolo's Ghosts and Doug Collins and the Receptionists and Jammy Rockers such as... What's a Jammy Rocker? Such as Orange Sunshine and Rare Medium filled the calendar. I was just gobsmacked by the news, said Doug Collins whose group has another gig there Thursday night. They seem to be doing pretty well. James Loney's band was getting a good crowd every Sunday, and we were getting people in too. Everybody who came out seemed happy to be there. It had good sound. It was a good place to play if you're a band who's not big enough for First Avenue. Whiskey Junction's demise follows last week's clothing of the nearby punk haven Triple Rock. Oh, the Triple Rock clothes too! Oh! Yeah, that was another one of those bars kind of in that unique area. Oh, that closed as well, which will be turned into a restaurant and special events space, which will close within a year. I added that, by the way. A more kindred venue to the junction that hosted similar groups, Harriet Brewing in South Minneapolis's Longfell neighborhood, also closed last year. It's getting kind of worrisome, Collins noted. Oh, a brew pub? A brew pub closed? I thought they'd just keep opening. A bar since the late 1800s and a steady live music venue since the mid-80s. Whiskey Junction will be open through New Year's Eve. Holy cow, that's even more established than I thought it was. O'Shea and Obregon have not said what they plan to do with the property. Well, they're going to sell it and they're going to get the hell out of Dodge. They're going to sell it to some sucker who's going to open up a brew pub. Hey, I got an idea, man. Let's open up a brew pub. 
Although that's the first time I've ever heard of a brew pub closing down. They just keep opening up more and more. All right, that's all right. That's the Clary podcast. Uh, gentlemen, check your nuts for testicular cancer. Ladies, remember, donating to the Suman G. Coleman Foundation does not screen, prevent, or identify breast cancer. Please go get mammograms. Uh, do not have your boyfriend volunteer to do it. That is not the same. You have to go in and get it done. And then just tell the good word. Spread the good word of Asshole Consulting and the Clary Podcast to family, friends, loved ones, enemies, and people you are genuinely indifferent about. We'll see you guys later. Toodles.